It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome, everybody, to Pac-12 Football and Beyond for this Friday, March 20th, as the college football landscape is a little quiet in terms of on-field activity, spring practice. We thought we'd be talking a lot about that, and that was always the plan, to be able to talk a lot of spring practice. Got a little recruiting information uh, each and every day, but obviously we're focusing a lot on the NFL draft with draft prospects because simply in the college game there's not a lot of news but there is some and there's some uh, transfer news and some recruiting news that still continues to make its way we're going to get into that a reminder that if you've got a question that you want me to address on this show or any of the college shows during the week remember we are here five days a week we talk about college football in a national scope at the top, and then we recap the week that was or kind of delve down a little deeper into a different conference each day. And when we say conference, we also branch branch that out to region of the country and kind of recap of the week. But as it's turned out, and this will give you an idea of how and why we do this all year round, there's still information. There's still a lot of things to unearth and discuss even when you have an environment that is, well, so surreal where everything is shut down and you've got college campuses being shut down. Certainly uh, college programs are not having any activity in recruiting visits or spring practice. So what is normally a very busy time of year in college football is come down to a very quiet time. But yet there's still things to talk about. And there's some things that uh, we will get into, excuse me, particularly between now and the draft, because I do think that's uh, some compelling content with regard to knowing a lot more about these players. Now, As you know, we do a pro football podcast each and every day. And with so much NFL news and free agency, there's a limited amount of time 
with draft content on that show, so we'd like to use the college show to provide some evaluations of, you know, college players and some of them that may be returning to college, but obviously talk about them as pro prospects as well. So uh, we we need to, and certainly once we get through the draft, if we still are in that lull, which we normally are because spring practice is usually over at that point, we will certainly combine any transfer and recruiting information, which will still be out there a little bit with kind of assessment of the programs and really get to what I call deeper previews into football season. Um, I admit, and I've mentioned this a couple of times this week in a couple of shows, I have some concerns about the start of the football season or having a football season because of what's going on right now in the world. And, look, there's no way for us to know. This is a uh, a respite for you to get a chance to listen and hear about football talk. College, NFL, uh, and get away from some of it. But we, we certainly hope that you are all healthy and looking after yourselves and your family is, uh, and uh, certainly heed the advice of all of those that are trying to give it and help us during this very, very difficult time. We get through it together. want a reminder that uh, as part of our family, we are so happy to have the great folks at 401k Generation who joined us uh, in our mission here to provide the best football content. And it is, as you know, a show that's not the hot take clown show <clears throat> clown show that you see, excuse me, on television, but rather football views from a coach, scout, and administrator. And that's what we're trying to provide for you on a day-to-day basis here. But the great folks at 401k Generation are that way that when it comes to financial planning and understanding of the financial markets, your goals, your needs, answering your questions, that's what they can do. And they're licensed in all 50 states. So they are there for you. Wherever you're listening to this show in the continental United States, they can give you that first opinion, that second opinion on what is going on in the financial world that it applies to you so that you can calm your fears, get rid of the panic, but certainly give yourself the best way to prepare going forward. It's as simple as that. Whatever you need, whatever your questions, they can help you. Just call or text them at one 998 Eddie Rojas and his team at 401k Generation are the folks to turn to during this very difficult time and all year long. And if you are not getting this podcast on your phone delivered to you every day, as well as the Pro Football Podcast, very simple. You go to wherever you get your podcast. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call, and it'll get to you today. You can find it all at LandryFootball.com if you prefer. And certainly, that's where we not only have these podcasts, 
But we also have what we feel is the most unique and thorough analytical <clears throat> football information from all aspects, from the high school prospects, college players, college teams, college players as draft prospects, NFL, evaluation of NFL players. We cover it all, and we cover it all kind of as the 12-month cycle plays its way out in football. So we certainly focus a lot on recruiting when it is recruiting time, which is heightened by the approachment of signing days, but kind of goes on every day within our notebooks. Evaluations of the players, where their visits, the news, we got all that covered for you. Same thing with the draft. We certainly cover uh, evaluation of players and how they fit and NFL news and notes and college news and notes all year round. But we also, you know, focus a lot on what's at the here and now. So what's here and now most assuredly is NFL free agency and a lot of that news and notes. And we have been on top of it unlike any other. All the moves given to you, evaluated, analyzed, on top of it, breaking news, hear it first, hear it before it happens. We've got all of that for you. But we also combine that with our free agent scouting reports and our free agent boards, which is every player in the league graded by position and by team. So you are armed with the best information as it relates to free agency, as it relates to what the needs are, as it relates to how the players graded on your current team, and then obviously by position, when your your favorite team signs a player, how did that player grade out this past year? It gives you the best, armed with the best information around. So check it out. All right, so what is going on in the world of college football, and certainly as it relates to the Pac-12, we're going to get into some transfer news. We've got some recruiting news we're going to get to. Got a little bit of coaching news making its way around the league. Uh, certainly a lot of NFL draft information. Um, so let's get right to it. Um, for starters, some transfer news. U of A, Arizona, gets a um, Matthew Stefanski, a good-looking guard that is transferring from Grand Valley State. He's 6'4", 325. He's got a connection with Arizona offensive line coach Kyle Devan. Uh, he successfully tried to recruit him out of Ball State out of high school. He's developed into a really good player. He is um, joining the program as a walk-on. He's attending the school on an academic scholarship, and he's going to have a chance to earn reps and maybe an athletic scholarship during the season. He appeared in 10 games last year. He's graded out pretty well. I've actually seen him play when looking at some other prospects. So it's a good get for Kevin Sumlin and uh, Coach Kyle Devan. Matthew Stefanski, uh, 6'4", 325, coming in. Need some good news uh, out in Tucson. BYU junior defensive lineman Devin Kofusi. He's entered the transfer portal. 
257 appeared in 25 games with three starts over the first two years since he's been with BYU. Uh, he's logged in 15 tackles, a sack, fumble recovery. Um, it's a move that certainly hurts BYU's depth a little, not a major loss. Former UCLA senior defensive lineman Marcus Morris transferred to Utah State. Saw plenty of time with the Bruins over 17 and 18. Played in 17 games during that time frame. Since moving on as a graduate, he's eligible to play for Utah State immediately. Head coach Jerry Anderson uh, is a potential uh, has a potential difference maker on his hands. There, it's a good get for Utah. Uh, former TCU redshirt sophomore defensive end Adam Plant is transferred to UNLV. Plant was rumored to join the Rebs as soon as he entered the transfer portal. 6'5", 254, defensive end, made his uh, decision official back in January. He's three-star recruit out of Bishop Gorman High School, so it's a return home for the defender. He'll likely need a waiver to play immediately, but assuming he gets one, he can uh, uh, vie for playing time and help the Rebs out um, pretty early. Former New Mexico redshirt senior defensive lineman Aaron Blackwell has also transferred to Arizona. He was um, able to uh, use the 19 season as a redshirt after he suffered a season-ending injury four games into the season. 6'3", 278, defensive tackle that started at the nose tackle position in 18 for New Mexico and was uh, a draft prospect that we were really following. Assuming he's got some good health, he can provide some depth. Arizona. So some good news a little bit and a couple of players that could potentially help the U of A this year. On to some recruiting news. Um, Uncommitted five-star defensive end Shamar Stewart, one of the very top players in the country. 6'5", 236, speedy, quick. Um, Oregon is one of the schools that is in it for the Opelika, Florida native. Um, LSU, Miami, Georgia, also in it. A lot of other teams are going to be in it. Um, So we'll see how much progress they can make with him. Uh, But really good-looking player. Got got a lot of the framework, not as big, but a little bit like Chris Jones was at Mississippi State early on in his career before he's developed into really put his body together uh, and developed into – the player he is with the Chiefs. Uh, Oregon received a verbal commitment from four-star quarterback Ty Thompson in February. Uh, Thompson singled out Oregon as one of the schools. He made a positive impression on them uh, with Iowa, Iowa State being the others. So this past Monday, the four-star quarterback, 6'4", 200 from Gilbert, Arizona, Mesquite High School announced that he's going to go to Oregon become Oregon's sixth verbal commitment in the 2021 class. Um, one of the top ten pro-style quarterbacks in the country. You got Robbie Ashford, Jay Butterfield. Um, you know, um, 2021 group, you got, uh, you're got you going to have a really good-looking group. Mario Cristobal, no doubt, has done a fantastic job on the recruiting side of things at Oregon overall as well, but recruiting in particular doing a good job, and it's what's maybe separated them and made them the premier program in the conference right now is that they are the only ones that are consistently getting visits from some of the top players in the country, 
and landing some of them. You're not seeing enough of that out of USC. We've gone over that ad nauseum. I'm not going to get into it. Washington can do a little better, but you're seeing the other programs in the conference are are getting the players that you would – they're good players, but they're not enough of the four-star guys and certainly not enough of the five-star guys that they're in on. Not the case with Oregon. They are doing a pretty nice job. Uncommitted four-star defensive tackle Victory Vaca will announce his pledge in December, so it's really early, but um, not too early to start talking about the young man. He's 6'3", 305. He's good-looking prospect, boy. He's from Westlake Village, California, uh, and he's got a lot of schools on his list, but Oregon, again, is one of them. Texas A&M, Florida State, Michigan, Florida, Um you know, I think Arizona, LSU, Utah, Michigan um, are some other schools. But think about this. You're talking about one of the top 200 players in the country, a big-time defensive tackle. He's from Westlake Village, California. I just ran the names of the schools that he's done. He's whittled he's down to five finalists. Now, this can change, of course. But five finalists, Texas A&M, Florida State, Michigan, Florida, and Oregon. Again, did I mention he's from Westlake Village, California? Where is USC on the list? He's not. You know, and it's just one of those cases where um, you, you, you just wonder um, where the recruiting effort is. You consistently see Oregon's name in a lot of the top players in the country and certainly out west. But you don't see enough of the other schools in the Pac-12. Utah is a developmental program. But quite frankly, there are a few programs in the Pac-12 that are developmental. I'd like to give a lot of credit to Herm Edwards at Arizona State. They are actually in on more four-star kids than other programs in the Pac-12. They're doing a better job of recruiting at Arizona State than they are at USC. That should never happen. Anyway, uncommitted four-star receiver Dante Thornton plans on making his pledge when we get into the January Bowls. Um... Obviously, he's having to put off his planned visits during this time in this health environment to Notre Dame and Arizona State. Um, but he's 6'4", 179, 180. Uh, beyond Notre Dame and Arizona State, Tennessee, Virginia, Oregon, Penn State, and West Virginia are among the programs of interest. Now, he's from Baltimore, Maryland. Got Arizona State's name in the mix. You got Oregon's name in the mix. You know, he's one of the top 50 prospects in the 2021 class. So those some some recruiting news uh, this past week. Some coaching news. BYU promoted former running back and graduate assistant Harvey Younger to serve as running back coach. Of course, Harvey NFL career ended in 2015. The former star running back took a couple years off before coming a grad assistant at his old stomping grounds. Uh, was at BYU for the past three years under Kalani Sitaka. 
Uh, now that Ranga has paid his duties, moving up the ladder in his first official coaching position, he'll naturally be coaching running backs. Um, Arizona defense coordinator Paul Rhodes, um, well-traveled, experienced coached. Um, he's going to be making $750,000 at Arizona. It's a little bit below what you normally get from a coordinator standpoint, but um, it's at least getting more competitive than it used to be. Um, he was hired in uh, over – Defense coordinator in December, working as a secondary coach with UCLA, he made five hundred thousand. Um, nice raise for him, but again, it's one of those issues where you look at the pay salary. Uh, now, in terms of position coach, not bad, but remember that you are, if you're making five hundred thousand dollars and you're working at UCLA, a lot of the places in the Pac-12 are very expensive places to live. You know, Seattle, certainly Los Angeles, certainly the Bay Area. Those are very, very expensive places to live. And they're making less money than places like in the Big Ten and the SEC where the cost of living is just it's a fraction of what it is in the Pac-12. So it's one of the fights that the Pac-12 has. They've got good coaches, but when it comes to the pool of coaches, you're going to have to get – the best of the lot that has ties to the West Coast that prefer to live on the West Coast and are willing to sacrifice for that because uh, certainly you can save more money and the money dollar goes a lot further in a lot of places that are not in the West. Arizona also has hired former USC defensive back coach Greg Burns to serve in the same capacity for all but two seasons. Burns has been the Defensive back coach in the Pac-12 since 2008. He's been at Arizona State, Oregon State, Cal, uh, USC. Lasted only one year at USC uh, when they overhauled that coaching staff. Um, yeah, Arizona revamped their coaching staff as well. So we'll <clears throat> see if they can provide a little bit of a spark there for their pass defense. All right, let's get into um, – we're going to talk a little bit about some – Players in the region and in the conference that are draft prospects, and we're going to get a deep dive look into Justin Herbert. We're going to do that between now and the draft and get through a few of the top players um, in the draft. Go a little draft room style on you on some of them. want to remind you, though, that as we're breaking out our draft boards, draft scouting reports, you can get much more detailed information like this over at LandryFootball.com. A lot of talk and lot been asked a lot about Hawaii's Cole McDonald, and I certainly saw him play this year. And when you get in drill into the tape, you get to go further into the minutia of what a player is. You know, he's not a bad-looking kid at 6'3", 215, but he doesn't have a lot of zip on his arm at all, and he's not all that accurate. Um, you know, the kid's pretty bright, makes pretty good decisions. Uh, you can see his ability to go through its progressions pretty nicely, but this is one of the cases where the arm talent's not where it needs to be and the accuracy's not where, to, where it needs to be. Look, there are a lot of things that we have to do to evaluate quarterbacks. There are a lot of critical factors, but it all comes down to this. 
you've got to know where to go with the football, and you've got to get it there accurately. And accuracy is putting the ball at the right, the right spot at the right time, and it has to have enough velocity on the ball for it to to get there accurately into the right spot. He just doesn't do it well enough, um, and he doesn't do it accurately enough. Oregon State's Jake Luton, we bragged about him and talked about what a good year he had um, this past year at Oregon State. Receivers played well and you know did a nice job. This kid's really interesting. He played um, in um, – in an interesting offense, 6'7", 230, um, big arm, not a great decision maker, not great control on his ball. He has a lot of predetermined throws. This is one of the things that I think people get lost on is you can see in a lot of these college systems, there's a lot of scheming guys open and give them a lot of good pre-snap reads. So a lot of what he does is what he sees pre-snap and he goes with it. He doesn't really have a good feel for what he's looking at post-snap. He doesn't, you know, he he protects the football. He doesn't put it in harm's way, Um, which is a little bit unusual for a guy that, that tends to be a little bit more of a, a gunner in terms of, of arm strength. Um, uh, you know, um, Jordan Love from Utah State's another guy. Been asked a whole lot about. Um, 6'4", 224. Lots of potential. Confident. Between the hashes, got, got the arm to throw it into tight windows. Not real consistent. Um, he telegraphs the ball a lot. His reads and his decision-making a little bit below average against zone coverages. Um, look, he's, he's going to likely go in the first round because he's got a lot of physical ability. But you gotta got to really work to develop him. We're going to get into some of that when we talk about Justin Herbert. But, you know, a lot of what you're looking at, if you're evaluating a player, you can certainly look at the production and how he did in this moment and that moment. But it's about how a guy transfers and seeing what he can be and maybe working through some of the things where he's not been real successful at and how can you improve upon that. Um, another guy I want to mention, Stanford's Kobe Parkinson. Big guy, six seven two fifty two. We know the history of... Stanford tight ends, one of the former Stanford tight ends got paid big time this past week in the NFL. He's one of the better pass-catching tight ends in this draft. Um, I think he'd become more of a factor in the red zone. Really surprised he wasn't more effective in the red zone for Stanford. But I do think a lot of that's due to the quarterback position. He's a big target. Uh, Not really good as a run blocker. He runs very well. For a guy that big, um, good catch radius, interesting guy. Like him a lot, and think he's going to have a chance to have a really good pro career. Over at Utah, defensive tackle John uh, Passini. Boy, he's got big hands, big, strong, violent hands. Massive, 
upper body strength, looks like an Iowa defensive tackle. Um, now, here's the thing. He wins with that upper body strength. He wins with those violent hands. Um, he doesn't, He's like a lot of those guys, and a lot of those the Samoan guys, they have shorter arms. And so they can ragdoll guys at the college level, and then when they get to the NFL level, they can't win with pure strength. Going to have to improve um, his technique. His quickness is limited. I think he's more of a rotational backup guy in the NFL. But those guys make money and play in the league for a while. Rotational defensive linemen are really important. USC receivers Michael Pittman definitely falls into the category of a possession receiver. Really good ball skills. Uh, boy, he can beat corners down the field physically. 6'4", 223. Ran the 40 and 4.52 at the combine. And it jump, doesn't jump off the page, but you got to look at 223. That's, that's really good. Um, he's got ball skills. He's a really good run blocker. Uh, he doesn't gain separation ideally, but he's got good on-ball skills, and that's usually what happens. It uh, comes from NFL bloodlines, obviously. Uh, should be a productive play guy. I think he can be a day-two guy. I think he can be eventually a good number-two receiver on an NFL team. We talked all year long about the quality of Oregon's offensive line. Shane Lemieux is an intriguing guy, 6'4", one of the top guard prospects in this class. Um, his combine testing was pretty average compared to the rest of the offensive linemen. Uh, but really tough, physical, upper body strength and toughness, smart. I think he's a day-two guy that can develop into a starter. I think he's got some development to do there in terms of overall um, understanding of fronts and being able to switch off. Those are things he's not as adept at, but it's really good uh, in terms of some of the other qualities. Joshua Kelly has had a good career, good season out at UCLA. 5'11", 212, physical downhill runner. Um, he's not a shifty guy in and out of the hole. Doesn't make people miss. Doesn't have great change of direction. Um, but he's going to be a really good fit in a one-gap scheme. And so that's the real key to his game. That's his game. Portland State has a good tight end in Charlie Tamapia. He's um, really productive FCS tight end, along with Dayton's Adam Troutman. Um, you watch him, he's not used as a primary blocker. You know, he's 6'2", um, he's 240, um, and he doesn't have great speed. But to me, he looks like he's very capable of being a backup H-back, special teams guy. Don't like his – I was expecting to see a guy that was a little bit more explosive, and he wasn't. So we'll see whether he can grow into being an H. Um, but I don't see him as the starting H at the next level. Back to Oregon, the receiver, Juwan Johnson, is another guy that I think – 
this age of some big receivers, 6'4", 231. He's shown ability, he showed ability to make contested catches. Doesn't have great acceleration. Um, drops too many balls. He's dropped eight out of 51 balls thrown his way this past year. Um, you know, to me, you know, he's a four five eight guy at two thirty one. That's not not awful. Um, but to me, he's more of an H back guy that's got to be more consistent catching the football to make it onto the next level and stick onto the next level. He's going to get his chance. Um, Utah cornerback Jalen Johnson played through a torn labrum in two thousand nineteen. Um, suppressed corners, got size, got length, got athleticism, can force receivers to off their route, off their mark. Uh, he'll lunge a lot. You know, I he doesn't trust his feet. He doesn't stay in phase as well as he needs to consistently, but he's a physical press corner with some off-man ability. He can anticipate, has some ball skills, just gambles a little much. Think this guy's got some ability to be a better player. Just think his footwork needs some some improvement. We've talked quite a bit about San Diego State's offensive line. Keith Ishmael, 6'3", 309-pounders, got good guard center flexibility. He's got starting experience at both spots. Um, you know, you got – when you've got three – at most four offensive linemen that you can carry on to game day, and you got a guy that can play three positions. That's what you're looking for. And so, no, this is not a guy that is a high-level prospect that's going to be a quality starter. He's got a chance to develop into that, but he's a move blocker. He's a good fit in the zone scheme, and it's a guy that's got good versatility. These are the type of guys that help your team be successful when you've got a starting guard or a center that goes down and he can come in and won't hurt you. Good player. Guy that a little bit more natural ability is USC's Austin Jackson, the big tackle. Um, it's a little bit like DJ Humphreys when, when DJ came out of Florida. Massive guy. Taking a little while to settle into the league but he's developed into a good player. Jackson is 6'5", 322. Um, raw, but naturally gifted. Good footwork, core strength. He's got a chance to become a really good player at the next level. So just some guys that wanted to mention. Hey, wanted to also throw out that it looks like Kale's uh, redshirt senior cornerback, Cameron Bynum, has uh, got a cast on his left leg. We don't know the full details of the injury, and obviously with spring practice gone by the wayside, um, he's rehabbing from that lower body injury, and we don't know about the availability for the start of uh, camp. We'll keep you up to date, as we always do. All right, let's get into a little Justin Herbert, a little bit more of a detailed film room breakdown on this young lad. If you remember, he was a three-star recruit in 2016, really good basketball, baseball, and football player at Sheldon High School right there in Eugene. He literally could walk from where he grew up, could walk to Austin Stadium. He 
grew up a fan there, season ticket holder, his family was. And his offers were, in addition to Oregon, Montana State, Nevada, Northern Arizona, and Portland State. Mark Helfrich offered him the scholarship in October of 2015. And as a true freshman, back in 2016, he put up 15 big-time throws and eight starts. He'd follow that up with a monster of a sophomore campaign. Eight games, he dropped 20 big-time throws compared to only five turnovers. He averaged almost 10 yards per pass attempt, and he looked like he was going to be the favorite to be the overall pick, you know, when his time when his, was going to be eligible for the draft. Going into the 18 season, he looked like, hey, this guy's going to be a number one pick when he's when he's eligible. Then he took a significant backslide in 18, developed a reputation for coming up small and big games, didn't grade well against Arizona and Arizona State, Guy's shown elite play in the past. But, you know, you got to really drill down in and have into why he didn't take many big steps forward after his sophomore season. Special arm talent, and he's going to be taken very, very highly. He's got a lot of ability. Arm talent is elite. The tape's not as good. Here's what you're going to see when you study it, or when I studied it, and I will tell you, is – A, the offense was not the best fit for his skill set. And the skill players weren't very good. Didn't help him out a lot. Um, But by the same token, he didn't step up or play very well against Auburn in the second half. Against Arizona last year is a problem. So um, he's got not enough consistent production, but he's got talent. He's the most talented, pure arm in this class. The ball flies out of his hands. Easy, natural juice on the deep comeback. Velocity, um, you know, he, he gives good leeway on the deep ball. Loves attacking the seam. Good touch downfield, leading receivers. Legitimate threat on option runs. He can move. Um, The offense didn't play to his strength. Limited downfield options. Four more horizontal options. And again, the receivers weren't all that good. Good ball placement downfield. A number of times where receivers failed to separate. So the ball's there. Guys are not making plays. Um, I little shaky with his underneath ball placement. Uh, his accuracy was pretty average on throws one to nine yards downfield. Athleticism didn't translate into playmaking outside the pocket. So to me, he's a pocket guy, and he doesn't, he doesn't protect the football well. Too many fumbles. Came up um, small in a number of big games. Looked at times, first of all, he's super smart. He's like the academic All-American. And I wonder a little bit, and this is going to be the key to his success, how much does he love football? Looks like he checked out of some games at time. Bad habit of freezing in the pocket when the 
first couple of reads are gone. I, I think this guy has got tremendous ability. I think this kid's a really good kid. I, I And I think he's very smart. I think he can learn everything. I, I think the whole thing is you've got to decide, is this guy, does he have it inside him to be great? Does he want to be great? He is more physically gifted than, say, a Ryan Tannehill and certainly more productive than Ryan Tannehill, who just got paid a ton of money with the Titans. Ryan Tannehill got taken in the first round. Justin Herbert's going to be taken in the first round. Folks, he's going to be taken high in the first round. Why? He's got a lot of ability, and he's got some intangibles, and he has done it. He hasn't done it as consistently. That's why he's not rated quite as high. But guy's got a lot of ability, and he's worth developing. You have to decide, does this guy have it in him does he want to be great if he wants to be great the right situation developed correctly you can talk about a guy with a really good career and the chance that he can be really good is worth taking high in today's market because of the lack of quarterbacks available hey folks a reminder um Check out our great folks at 401k Generation for all of your financial, money management, investment needs. They're licensed in all 50 states. So whether you're on the West Coast, the East Coast, or somewhere in between, give them a call or a text today at 1-866-998-5879. Remember to check out this podcast as well as the Pro Football Podcast. Flip on over and listen to that. You can sign up for it at Landry Football's conference call today. Um, And at LandryFootball.com is where you can get unique film room insights from a coaching and scouting viewpoint. Uh, We've got discounts available. Less than $5 a month will get you the best information on NFL free agency, on the draft, college football, on recruiting. we got it all for you. So check it out today. Got a question, send it to me. Contact Chris over at LandryFootball.com. If you've got a business that you'd like to brand, we can definitely help you do that. Hit contact Chris on LandryFootball.com, and we will get back with you and see if it's a fit for you and for us. We'd love to do that. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. I want to wish you all great health, great safety. I know it's a frustrating in tough time, please be safe. Let's get through this. Uh, spend time maybe doing some other things that you wouldn't do. Um, but let's certainly work together and make sure that we're safe and practicing the social distancing that is the new the new term now. So let's, let's do that and uh, certainly help one another uh, get through this. Hey, appreciate you joining us. Flip on over, listen to the Pro Football Podcast. Oh, my goodness, the free agent news continues to go on and on and on. We've got it all for you. So check it out, and we'll talk to you next time, everybody. We'll have SEC football and beyond on Monday, and uh, obviously uh, ACC football and beyond on Tuesday. Big Ten football and beyond on Wednesday. 
Big 12 football and beyond on Thursday. And, of course, you know, Fridays are reserved for Pac-12 football and beyond. We appreciate you joining us. To join us again um, on Monday and on the Pro Football Show. Take care. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.